Welcome to the No Stroke Podcast. My name is David Dancero, and I'll be your co-host along with Michael Garrow. Together, we also are co-founders of Enable Us, a digital platform to support life after stroke. Every stroke survivor has a story. My story of stroke involves a hole in my heart, a few marathons, and and overcoming many obstacles to eventually return to private practice as a physical therapist. Along the way, I discovered that bridging the knowledge gap for stroke awareness and obtaining resources for home stroke rehabilitation was not an easy endeavor. My journey included trying to set effective and creative rehab goals after my stroke at age 39, all the while balancing real life as a business owner, husband, and father of three young children at the time of my stroke. I now have 14 years of lessons learned to share from my own stroke journey and return to private practice. I'm so glad Mike and I met on our journey. You'll learn how we've been both on the same mission as advocates for improved stroke awareness and better recovery options and resources for survivors and caregivers. I'll hand it over to my co-host, Mike, so you can hear his story as well. Thanks, David. This is Mike Garrow, co-host of the No Stroke Podcast and co-founder at Enable Us. We're delighted that you've taken the time to join us and hope you'll be tuning in to this podcast as a source of information and support as you navigate your life after stroke. On May 15th, 1991, my mom had an ischemic stroke. She was only 28 at the time and gave birth to yours truly only six weeks prior. So I've grown up my whole life seeing the daily battle from not only the survivor's point of view, but what me, my father, my grandparents went through as caregivers. She's made tremendous strides along the way, but if there's one thing I've taken away from working with the stroke population, it's that everyone's journey is different. We hope this podcast will create that safe place for survivors, caregivers, and care providers to turn to who are faced with the daily battle of what stroke recovery brings. We'll be chatting all things stroke rehab with some very special guests and sharing inspiring stories to motivate you to keep taking that next step forward. And remember, you're not just a stroke survivor, you're a stroke thriver. Hi, welcome everyone to the first episode one of season one of our No Stroke podcast from our Enable Us community. My name is Dave Dancero and my co-founder here is Michael Garrow. Mike, you want to say hi? Hey everyone, thanks for uh, tuning in to listen. Um, some of you guys might be familiar with us from you know the work that we would have been doing over the past year or so with Enable Us, but anyone, any new listeners, um, welcome. And um, hopefully you'll be able to stick around and, and you know, we could share some valuable insights here with the uh, stroke thrivers as we as we like to call our, our community. Absolutely. Mike, it's hard to believe almost uh, a year ago. Um as we gear up for May and as we announce this podcast and the next steps for us, that I sat here in this very studio um, that became my virtual space for continuing rehab as the pandemic shut everything down throughout the world, essentially. And I never thought that a year later, I thought I was getting ready for maybe a three to four week, you know, temporary pause So I was preparing my patients for keeping them moving in their home during that period to keep them safe. And here we are, you know, coming 
on over a year later, actually, mm-hmm. since the start of this. And, you know, w- you know, we're, we're here to talk about what, what's going to move us moving forward, but we want to give folks a little background, folks that may be just joining and hearing this for the first time. Um, you know, what, what's our mission, what's our why, and why we continue to press on with this uh, initiative. So, um, you know, I'd like the theme of maybe talking about what moves us in May, um, because we've, we've, we've put together a program um, that we can put in the show notes that we started in May to kick off, you know, Stroke Awareness Month and also to give our community something during a very trying time. And it still is for many. We're certainly not over this. Um, but, you know, I have to throw in a little prop here because, you know, and, and I have to thank you too, Mike, for, um, you know, with all that said around COVID and what, you know, the current situation we're in is, you know, um, I appreciate you putting back the show by a day because yesterday I had that second shot and I maybe thought that the first one was a little too easy and I, I probably jinxed myself a little bit because I got hit pretty pretty hard and I'm I'm back today, although I'm still looking a little pale. I'm I'm actually upright. And I have to say, you know, we uh we talked about the um importance of mindfulness and one of the things in our program we we talked about and it was your tip to you're a big fan of the calm app and I have to say I used that probably three times yesterday just to kind of you know get through some of those symptoms. And I know you're a big believer and we're going to, you know, (laughs) continue to promote our our program because even a year later, some of those, those concepts and those program goals that we talked about are are probably more important than ever. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I think, you know, so, you know, it's, it's all around kind of taking that minute to yourself and and reset, regauge and and kind of attack from there. Um, So yeah, Glad, you know, I know you, it was a bit of a challenge there after that second shot for you, knocked you, knocked you down. Not the worst I've ever seen you, David. There's been a few. At least I managed a haircut in the last year. If anyone watched, <laughs> looks, looks back and sees any of the original footage from this very location. You know, I, I, I called it my MacGyver cut, but every, every, uh, every couple of weeks it, you know, I, failed effort to, to, to get out safely to get a haircut, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pull in a little prop here, Mike. So talking about, you know, we all make the best and we all kind of pivoted, but as part of my why and my story, I'm going to put this big thing on here for you. Okay. So, so those, those of you who, who might not be watching this, you know, through YouTube and, and listening um, on Spotify or, or any app as you're hopefully taking <laughs> a nice walk and getting some fresh air, David just put on a, a neck, a, a ribbon kind of, you know, from a, if you ran a race, kind of your, your trophy that put it. Yeah. You know, it's the this size is of a Toyota Prius tire. It looks like. I, I had to, yeah, for sure, Mike, I had to actually, I actually took out the tape measure and measured five inches across. This is bigger than any medallion I ever got for any race. And this, you know, this goes to the fact, this is actually part of uh, uh, Teddy Bruschi, Teddy's team, come back strong. Um, initiative during, you know, everyone's had to pivot. Um, and Teddy's team is part of, was originally part of um, what helped me come back. It was a team I found after my stroke. And although I'm many years removed, um, I'll tell you, um, my passion for continuing to be an advocate for stroke and stroke, stroke awareness 
um, continues. You know, at the time of my stroke, my, my stroke was in my late 30s. And at the time, there was not a lot known about what caused my stroke. My stroke was actually caused from a PFO. So my story um, was that I, I, I worked for advocacy to try to improve on the patient side options for folks that have had a stroke from this particular condition. It's a congenital heart defect. And, and come to find out, you know, um, Teddy Bruschi shared the same defect. So I, 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 I kind of was looking for someone to find a path forward. Someone had been through what I was going through and I found Teddy and Teddy's team. And then this year with the pandemic, you know, I've run a marathon with Teddy's team. So, you know, I, I understand the power of community and team as, as I know you do, Mike, and hope you share that in a little bit, but, you know, Teddy's team has had to pivot their every event now and race is virtual. So the reason for these is that, you know, um, you know, my first race with him um, was in 09. My daughter was, you know, seven years old at the time. Now I'm joining forces with my daughter for this race and she's now 20 years old. So I just to show you, been at this for a while, but Teddy's team has three races, and every time you complete one, you add to the, you know, to to, to the size, to the weight of this too. So I'm going to take it off now because it is it is a little bit hefty. But they've done a great job, um, really doing the best that they can under these conditions, just like our whole community. Um, and you know, my advocacy efforts continue to this day. You and I met. Well over a year ago, um, you know, I've been doing some some continued advocacy on no stroke and we joined forces with Enable Us. Mm -hmm. um, and despite, you know, even going and testifying before the FDA and forming a patient nonprofit around um, PFO research, there's still a lot more work that needs to be done. And that's, you know, that's where we hope to take the next steps forward with with our initiative. So. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you could tell folks a little bit more about your story, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good segue there. You know, just, I think, you know, with, with your story and, and kind of, you know, what you've experienced over and, it, and is it 40 years, David, or are we, um, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up. So May 1st was not special yeah. meaning not only because it's, it's stroke awareness month, but May 1st is when I actually mm. had PFO closure. So to okay. me, my stroke occurred in the fall before that, but I always keep my stroke anniversary where, and I essentially got a second, a second chance when I, when I had this closure that allowed me to move forward and, and redeem life and some of the goals that I had aspired to after. And it took me that whole year to really work towards my recovery before um, I was able to actually get approved for this procedure that at the time was off label. So yeah. So yeah, I'm going into my 14th year in May and um, just as passionate as ever to continue this fight for others who, you know, their stories, every time I hear a new one, it resonates with me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, for whatever, I thought you said 40, I was like, David, you do look pretty. Damn <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I heard this one thing, Mike, I heard this one thing. Um, and I just heard it the other day. I said, if age is just a number, mine is unlisted. So I've been at it a while, but I don't have to disclose now. You know, I, I, I'll tell you, I tell you, I was 39 at the time of my stroke, 39. Uh, a young man, as he's still. Uh, uh, so Thank you. You know, with, with my story, David, you know, it's actually, you know, May and, you know, May is an important month in my family here as well. Um, so it's going to be my mom's 30th anniversary of stroke on May 15th. 
So yeah, I was very young at the time of her stroke, only about six weeks old. So not to date myself, but uh, you know, when when we look at kind of the goals and kind of how how she's progressed over the years, and um, you know, same thing as you, you know, a lot of unanswered questions, and I and I think that's the main thing for every stroke survivor, um, and and trying to navigate healthcare in general is very confusing. So. You know, we were recently on an American Heart Association conference there, David, when they were talking through and it was, you know, very survivor focused and patient focused, which is great. But, um, you know, there's a question that came up around trying to look in and find, you know, latest research, things that are happening in, in the space. And even a doctor kind of recommended, oh, we'll just go Google this. And oh, yeah. Google something. And there's just so much out there, you know, so it's confusing. So hopefully that's what we're trying to bring down and and that's our goal you know with, with enable us to kind of have that one sort of source of truth um for information for you know kind of that that long-term um, recovery that it's a journey and it's a long one but um hopefully you know over the over the years you know we could help that journey in that pathway but um you know just kind of dig a bit deeper you know so with my mother um she had an ischemic stroke you know same same thing very very young at the time, um, you know, so trying to raise a, a young, I'm sure I was a great child, but caught rest nonetheless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, you know, it, it, there's a lot, lot to kind of gather and a lot to, to get through. But, you know, I think when when she finally it was it took me kind of getting a job in high school at a local gym where I was working with, you know, and those who might be listening from the Northeast here in, in the States uh, might be familiar with a, a company called Health Traps. So this group, um, they work primarily with rehab hospitals, going to get get some folks from the, the outpatient setting into exercise programs. So I would have seen a lot of, you know, folks who came out of surgery, you know, knee, hip, and, and they're trying to get back into that exercise um facility and, and get moving again so I was able to get my mom in there and and that was the first time she you know really saw what exercise and forced exercise can do for a stroke survivor you know she was always told and we'll dive into this a bit more as well David I know around you, you look at what cardiac rehab gets in terms of one reimbursement but two just the focus and the the plan that's there um, but for stroke there's just nothing aligned um, so hopefully we'll say nothing aligned yet because again, that's it. You know, we, want, we do want to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we just kind of sum up in, in my story, like it's, it was all around, you know, that, that team element of it, you know, we were together as a family unit, how you drive forward, you know, obviously everyone kind of had to pick up different angles. Um, and as a stroke survivor, you know, those closest to you, you, you know, you, you need that champion, you need that person, who's going to be by your side. And, you know, I think then that translated, you know, seeing that growing up in that team environment really helped me, you know, over the years as I moved on and, you know, as David, you know, I got the opportunity to play basketball professionally at a very high level, you know, and, and it's just something that sticks with you. So I think my suggestion to anybody listening here who, you know, might be kind of going through you know harder times, especially over the last year is, you know, find that, find that try to, family unit, you know, tie in, you know, grasp onto those people who are closest to you, you know, and they're going to be able to help. You know, is it the more you talk, you know, if you're, if you're not talking, if you're not kind of letting them know, look, this is going on. And you know, it's something that we've been looking at a lot recently is that hidden disability, right? So 
you know, you might have a limp, you might have, you know, tension in your arm, but, you know, they, they don't know kind of what's going on behind the scenes. So the more you talk, the more you get out on the plate, and especially with those closest to you, you know, hopefully that's going to ease, ease the journey for you. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, like I, I'd love to kind of move in and, and, you know, cover over the next couple of minutes, that study that you would, that you earlier in the, the month, I think it was fascinating to see. And, you know, hopefully yeah. you know, folks listening will be able to kind of pick up on a few points. Um, I know we'll link it into the show notes, but do you want to kind of give a high level overview? Yeah. Yeah, this this really um, this really resonates. You you and I, I think we kind of stay on the pulse between between uh, all our resources. Um, but the, this couple of Google alerts really came to my attention that I dove in and and you and I discussed this. This this was really you know really important work that just came out in April April fifteenth. There was a news uh, press release that came out and they talked about a study. Um, that was um, conducted called the Stroke Hearts Trial. And it was conducted out of the JFK Johnson um, Rehab Institute. And that's in Edison, New Jersey. Um, and their findings were recently reported in the American Journal of Physical Medicine and Rehab. And just a quick summary of the findings, because they were really impactful. Um, and, and you and I discussed this uh, before, Mike, but the design of the study is is unique. And it points back to how cardiac rehab has more structure to their recovery programs, whereas stroke, um, there's a lot of work still to be done. And although there are some really good programs in the country here in the States and in other parts of the world, there's still some work. But what made the JFK Stroke Recovery Program unique is that it followed a 36-session medically monitored interval cardio training program. as well as follow-up visits with uh, their physiatrists and other rehab medicine professionals like their PTs and OTs. But along with that, what made it unique is they included those other factors like the psychological, nutritional, and the educational piece, which we just keep hammering home to your point about sometimes you're told as a survivor, go out and, you know, look for this, look for that. And it's hard to condense, you know, and find fact from fiction. So, um, so they, when they looked at those modifiable risk factors and all those things put in, um, you know, a lot of those resonated with me and I know you as well, Mike, is because there are a lot of the things that we modeled into our Next Step Forward program. Um, so the results were, were pretty impressive. So the folks that followed the stroke rehab and cardiac rehab pathway um, it equaled lower reimbursement so much so that it was a 22% reduction. Um, and they looked at the total costs and the numbers, uh, this is CMS data. So this is data in the U S. Um, but these were totals that really, um, were, were really kind of, um, made me really think, cause we're talking billions, um, that la- latest numbers for stroke, recovery, um, when you total outpatient, traditional outpatient, and the average hospital readmissions, um, it's estimated at $9.67 billion every year here in the U.S. Um, When they extrapolate the results from this study, that savings of 22% lower reimbursement, um, uh, lower readmission rates, um, they projected a program like this targeting stroke rehab 
could save um, over a billion dollars a year just in this particular area of, 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 of stroke. Um, and the other thing that really was impactful about this, this is the second half to this stroke heart study. Um, the first study they did, they looked at um, all-cause mortality around stroke recovery, those involved in the program versus not, those that didn't go through the program. And those that um, did not go through this recovery program were nine times more likely to die than those who completed the program. So by taking control of all those risk factors and targeting a recovery pathway of showing that it, it makes financial sense in quite a big way. And, and, um, and that's, just from, that's just from doing that 36 session extra effort that puts someone in a pathways for success. So they weren't guessing, um, they weren't fighting that, you know, that dreaded plateau word that I, you know, I, I think we should not say that on this, on this, on this podcast moving forward, because we know now that the science of neuroplasticity kind of, you know, just blows that out of the water. But I do want to read um, the, the takeaways specifically from the primary investigators of the study, because it really goes to what we're trying to accomplish. So they say in the United States, we're not doing enough to present, prevent disability and death among stroke patients. We're not doing enough to help them lead healthier lives. We can and must do better. The stroke recovery program provides the structure to help our stroke patients adopt behavioral and lifestyle changes to lead healthier lives. So I'm going to continue here. Just uh, another quote. Um, and that was from Talia Fleming, um, one of the co-principal investigators. Um, and then another quote from Sarah Cucciarulo, the other PI on the, on the project, there was this thinking that you could not get stroke patients to perform cardiovascular rehab due to their hemiplegia or one-sided weakness. But as physical medicine physicians, we know how to get people in serious uh, people with serious impairments moving. Our study found that with some modifications, stroke survivors, even those with serious neurological injury and paralysis, could exercise safely. And we found the benefits in overall survival and health to be substantial as the data supports. So here's, here's the food for thought and what's next with this study, because here's the big barrier right now. Um, CMS currently doesn't pay for this. CMS currently pays for 36 sessions of cardiovascular rehab for patients who experience a heart attack, as we started to mention at the beginning of the show, but they do not pay for cardiovascular rehab for those who have experienced a stroke. So there's that whole brain-heart disconnect, even though both events involve the vascular system. Yeah, I think when you look at that, David, I mean, it's it's number one that sticks out. It's, you know, how do we have that reimbursement landscape that's that's missing, right? When when it's just not there at all for, you know, you, your discharge. And it, it, this is across the globe, you know. You know, I've spent time, obviously, in Ireland for the past five years, and you know, you, you see just as much disconjointion, you know, in, in Europe as you do. And I know we've had folks from Canada and, you know, all parts of the, the globe kind of joining in. And I think it needs to kind of go back to that discussion. Like you just said, you know, it's treated as a two different, two different things, right? Obviously, you know, your cardiac rehab and stroke rehab, different, different angles, different things needing to be kind of looked at and improved on, but there's no reason 
that it just makes no sense that, you know, you have this full reimbursement, 36 sessions where, you know, patients have that, that full program ready to go for them. And that's the thing, you know, with stroke, it's how immediate you start that and how, you know, especially those who are less disabled than some might be, you know, they could be in the gym right away, starting these programs. Um, And as you know, you and I both advocate for, you know, the use of telehealth and telerehab, it has a big opportunity here. So I know we'll, you know, over the course of the next few weeks, you know, we'll be diving into this a bit deeper and, you know, bringing on guests who are focused kind of within the remote rehab space and, you know, docs in the space who who are advocating for this type of model, um, as well as hopefully some survivors um, to, who could speak to this as well. But, you know, for, I think for us and kind of as we move over the next few weeks here, David, like it's important to kind of keep going back to this theme of, of team and, and, you know, there's, you see here, you know, the, the improvements that could be done through a a cardiac rehab model, but, you know, what can we do as, as enable us and in the community to help promote this and, and make, you know, it easier for some folks to be able to get exercise into their lives, although it might not be reimbursed fully at the moment. Um, you know, I think we we're pretty well positioned to hopefully, you know, help and kind of guide folks on, on the right path there. Um, and it goes back to, you know, something that we mentioned earlier was that next step forward program, um, which we're a year on from today. So, you know, if you'd like, again, we'll put that in the, in the show notes, but what, what the next step forward program is really, it's, you know, kind of that first stage to, to kind of take a look at, you know, trying to set some right behaviors and healthy behaviors and in, into your life after stroke. So covers five different areas all around moving, you know, so physical activity, um, nutrition, your activities, daily living, um, some well-being and um, uh, mental health tips and support. So go take a look there and, you know, hopefully that could, you know, be, be your first building block as, as we kind of grow here over the next month. But yeah, that was a great review, David, I think, you know, kind of shows and puts light into a huge problem that's out there. Um, yeah. you know, we're, we're trying to take one small bite of the pie here, um, and, and try to help, you know, grow this, grow this, you know, untapped and, and really a population that is just unfortunately underserved and, and overlooked a lot of times, you know, so the more yeah. advocate and the more we could do to kind of make, make our, our voices heard, um, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll be looking in a year or two and, and see this model be a bit different, but, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And for sure, Mike, that, you know, I think the timing of that, that study is very important because we've been, you know, we've been, we've been working at this for a while and we've been, we've been looking all things pointing to needing more structure. And I think one of the reasons why I think you and I complement each other well is because we we've come from that athletic background. So, Mm. and, and certainly not myself as high as you are, Hey, um, but I think, down. I think knowing, and, and, and we know, we know hockey players, we, we've been through this before, hockey, old hockey players like myself, old, you can't shoot a basketball like you can, but we understand a playbook and we understand the, yeah. the, the concept around team and, and, and the folks here that are, you know, tuning in, hopefully will think of us as, as maybe coaches and facilitators moving forward. And hopefully that came across in our next step forward program last year. 
And it's, yeah. I think it's just as vital in that content, like you mentioned, all those themes we covered are yeah. just as important this year. And they're only um, reinforced by the study we just went over. So that's why I think that study was really important to kick off. And, you know, you bet we're going to be reaching out to those folks and those PIs from that study, but also the folks that I'm in contact here on the East Coast side with the work I've been doing in New England with, with mm-hmm. Teddy's team, American Heart, American Stroke, and the folks up at um, Tufts and Beth Israel around or, or, around um, around stroke, around recovery, and, you know, some of the barriers still faced. And, you know, I think, um, you know, we're, we're – we're, we hopefully will have quite a good kickoff month in May. Um, we're not going to over promise and under deliver, but the folks that have already checked the box um, to come in and, and record sessions and share their stories. Um, I think you'll, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised and there's already some really good content on our site from folks that already did. And, and it, mm-hmm. I think it would be, I think it would actually be really helpful to anyone listening to go back a year later, even if we bring some of those folks back on and, you know, yeah. I kind of talked about how we've had to pivot and how this has been, you know, an example, like we mentioned with Teddy's team, this is something that um, we, you know, I think we've, the, the word that keeps coming up is resilience when you hear, mm-hmm. uh, but there are a lot of long lasting effects and possible complications with folks that may have delayed care just because of access and because of maybe being scared. And we want to bring on some of those guests that we'll talk about maybe that, why that's not a, a good idea. If that's, yeah. you know, yeah. if that's, if that's you when you're listening and hearing that and know that you should probably be addressing something that's been bothersome to you. So okay. uh, do you have anything, any, any other final thoughts here, Mike? Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I think we, you know, we've obviously kind of want May is an important month to us personally, but for the stroke community in general, um, you know, it is World Stroke. We've when we celebrate World Stroke Month um, or day at the end of the, the month. So let's, we're, you know, we always try to really make a big push, um, you know, for, for the month of May. Um, so it works out well. You know, I think the guests that we're going to have on, some brilliant experts who've you know been working in the space for a long time. So, yeah, and you know, really for us, like I, I think you and I, like you said, the way it's it's kind of helped our mental health over over the past year as well. You know, there's it's us our way to be able to come on, kind of connect, and just have a good chat. And you know, it's it's something where our our passion is driven towards. But um, yeah, it's it's really helped. I think me personally, and and hopefully you. You don't as as bad sure. as you think you look, David. We're we're doing yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's um let's let's wrap it up. But I did move the camera for you know I know this is a podcast, but I had to give you a shot of Wilson. Maybe that'll be you know if we go down memory lane, maybe that'll be a uh, maybe that that's our that's our mascot. And I had to get him in somehow today. And <laughs> it's a we'll, seagull for anyone who can't <laughs> see there behind you. <laughs> Um, when I used to live in Dublin, I used to get flocked by about a hundred seagulls every, every morning and evening. So whenever Dave and I were on a call, he's like, what the heck is that? And then we finally named to sit one of the, one of the friendly guys, Wilson. And there he is. Mine's a little more quiet than your, your (laughs) live version, but I think that's, 
I think that's where we'll end it for, for today. Like I said, all the resources we'll put in the show notes. Um, enableforus.com is where you can also get the current uh, Next Step Forward program. And it, please visit that. Um, but you'll be able to um, access all the show resources uh, below this podcast. So, um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So if you're still listening, thank you for sticking around and hopefully we'll see you in the next few weeks. Take care. Thank you. It's the Oscars tonight, so we're on, we're on <laughs> uh, see if we can make the cut as the warm up or Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Stroke Podcast. Be sure to tune in each week for more knowledge on stroke, recovery, and the brain with tips, technology, and interesting stroke thriver interviews where they share their success to enable you on your own healing journey. Make sure to hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our show. Mike and I will love to ask you to rate and review our show to enable us to grow our audience. Please check the show notes to follow us on social so you can connect and reach out to find more about advertising with us or becoming a guest on our show. Until next time, stay well, keep the faith, and keep moving forward.